I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Your official station to talk giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, Sean Morash here on the fan. Boy, I'll be honest with you. When I took this shift, as I do for a lot of the Giant games, I follow the post-game show, give you a little extended post. It was the old, Sean, can you work Thanksgiving? Going to be a little longer till 2 a.m. And at the time, this is pre-the Lions game, I was so confident. I was really confident the Giants were going to beat the Cowboys. Of course, they lose to the Lions. The injuries start to mount, and you have a day like this. And now I am sitting here basically feeling like Mr. or Mrs. Buttersworth here. A million pounds of food and sugar in me dealing with a loss to the Dallas Cowboys shit again. And it sucks. It sucks. But two guys I know will be fun to chop it up with. You can hear them on Talking Giants. Talking Giants versus the world. Pod, anywhere podcasts are downloadable, part of the John Boy Media family. They both break it down, one from really a video perspective, one from a good stats perspective, better uh, than almost anybody can, Giants-wise. You know, we love all our beat reporters or whatever, but these guys are great to follow. The names are Bobby Skinner and Justin Pennick. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Bobby first, Justin next. How are you guys? Uh, I'm good. I, you know, well, actually, no, I'm not good because the Giants lost, and that sucks. <laughs> Also, my freaking Thanksgiving started off not great because my uh, my uncle Ray had a big fire in his trailer because his his son, my cousin Ricky, oh, left, no. like left ravioli on on the burner and fell asleep. And so, but the, it, it it is what it is. Glad to be talking with you, Sean. Oh, but here's the thing, Bobby. If that's a joke, it went completely over my head, and I can never trust it with you. I can never ever ever. Trust no, it's it with not. You. A, it's just. It's, if it's that really you. happened with the ravioli, then I apologize. But yeah. my brother, my brother's getting married Saturday, though, so I, I can, you know, let's let's move on to the next the next game. All right, what's up, Justin? How are you, man? Sean, it's great to be here. Thank you for having us on. Um, similar to a lot of Giants losses that we've had over the last few years, um, we lost to a team that's kind of just flat out better than us. Yeah. We were excited for a half, and then we found out why the other team was better than us in the second half. Yeah, okay, so let's let's just get right into this, okay? Obviously, we're all not dummies here. We understand the injuries. We understand, the you know, the uphill battle the Giants were going to be with. We understand, obviously, they were dealing with the flu, as the Cowboys started to deal with as well. But ultimately, the Giants end up giving you a good effort in the first half. 13 points, though, is all they have to show for it. Clearly, you know, questions with the officiating, including the call on Phillips on the Hodgins touchdown as well. But where do you guys stand? The hot-button question with both of our, you know, all of our, both of our listeners, that'd be sad tonight, all of our listeners tonight, 
tonight has been basically Jones and Barkley. A, do we think Barkley's hurt? B, are you more anti-Jones than you had been based on the fact that still 13 points is all this team could get off those two turnovers and everything that had gone right in the first half? Uh, with, with DJ, I'll keep it quick. I don't think this is the game to, be, to really bash DJ. Now, you can all say, like, well, what did he do to – Get them involved. Well, you know, you did have the touchdown, or not the touchdown, but the deep pass with Slayton. Did some good stuff to extend uh, extend the play. Like, you know, Chris Myers getting 25-yard catches because he extended some plays. Um, and he definitely had bad moments. You know, that fourth and one, I yeah. put that more on Daniel Jones than I do Saquon Barkley. So, but I, I don't think this is the game to kill him. I mean, the Cowboys have the number one pass defense. They had the most sacks through 10 games. I think more than like any team ever or second most out of any team ever. I saw it some uh, stat like that this week. Um, so with their offensive line issues, receiver issues, and then no run game, I don't think this is a game to kill DJ. I'm not happy with them. And, but right. I am worried about Saquon. Like We've played two bad rushing defenses in a row with the Lions and the Cowboys, and he's averaged like you know for the last two games barely over two yards per carry. And it's not just looking at the stats because you could say the O-line. He does not he, – one, he's not running through guys like he right. was at the start of the season. A lot of pitter-pattering. He's dancing again. But even that, it's like, well, at least you could get some explosive plays out of him. You're not getting that. You know, the last two weeks, the longest run he's had is 10. The second longest is four. So he's just not getting – like, it'd be one thing if it's like, okay, he's not super efficient, but he's creating expos- explosive plays and adding points. Right now he's not doing that at all. Yeah, Justin, yeah. where do you stand on these guys? Yeah, and I mean, if he had a sh- if if he is, if it is a shoulder injury, like a lot of people are speculating after that Green Bay game, you wouldn't think that would really impact the quickness and the acceleration and the speed of Saquon well, Barkley. Well, yeah, and but- J- Justin, I'll let you finish in a second, but everybody keeps pointing to this, and I and I hear that he also came out off the bye and was pretty damn explosive versus the Houston Texans, and I know the Texans stink. But, I mean, what, he got re-injured in that game and now it's back to that? So I'm not buying the shoulder is the reason for the lack of explosiveness. I'm with you. But, I mean, Gary Brightwell looks like a faster and quicker running back today. And, I mean, Gary Brightwell is not not a very good running back. I know he's kind of like, the, you know, the, the, the third-string running back, I feel like, is always like a, a fan favorite. You know, the, the, right. the less you see of a guy, the more, <laughs> you know, the more fond you kind of you kind of grow of him. But, he, I mean, here's, here's where Saquon Barkley is at in terms of overall touches this year. He has 244 touches this year. On November 3rd, he was on pace for over 400 touches this year. So he was on pace after that Houston Texans game. Remember, I think he, t- I think he had like 35 attempts, 35, 35, yeah, 35, 35 rushing attempts um, against the Texans. So he was on pace for over 400 touches um, this year earlier in the month. It's not, it's not at that pace right now. But his rookie year, or excuse me, 2019, he had 269 attempts. So give it, you know, another one to two weeks here, he's going to break over the amount of total touches that he had his second year. And then his first year, he had 352, he had two, 352 total touches. So Saquon Barkley's usage this year is really, really high, and he's being used at a rate that he has not been used since 2018. So unfortunately – Kind of the question that is coming in right now is the usage and is the kind of the fatigue on the season weighing on Saquon Barkley right now? And I don't know. I'm asking that kind of as a question because I really don't know at this point. I don't know either. That voice was Justin Pennick, who's member of Talking Giants. Obviously, great with the stats like that with the usage. I, I'm with you on that. And but and Bobby, you would know from you know watching tape too. Like, is it noticeable? 
Like, is it yeah, absolutely sure. no, like, and, and I guess to further that point, because you do the O-line report stuff for Talking Giants as well. Clearly, this is like an offensive line that keeps getting in flux, keeps shuffling. Now, Ben Bredesen's been out quite a few weeks. He was coming along. Noah Zudu right now, who is starting to become a really good run blocker for this team. So, I know that O-line chemistry many will point to in some kind of, like, schematic situation. Uh, but, like, is that part of it? Like, is it scheme? Is it just teams now totally loading up? Like, what, what is the tangible reason here that we've seen this from Barkley? So last week, there was definitely some really bad offensive line plays that screwed Saquon. But he also screwed himself on a couple. And this game, it's just he doesn't look like he has the same. Because we've seen Saquon be able to take like and create big plays even with offensive line. So it'd be one thing if you know he had three yards per carry, but he had like a 35-yarder in this game where he made something out of it. It's just there's nothing. And so everyone will point to that fourth down decision, and you'll blame DJ or Saquon or whatever. The play that worried me the most about Saquon long term was the play before that on third down where he caught the ball, and and you're thinking like, okay, he's got some space, he needs to get four yards, he's going to get it, and he just didn't. And I was like, what? He doesn't look like he's that fast, or he didn't run through guys. So, um, it's just if we we said it on the show that'll be out tomorrow. Like, if there's one big like negative takeaway you have long term from this game because the Cowboys throwing out match, it's like. Is Saquon kind of worn down a little bit from? I mean, he got 35 carries for the, versus right. the Texans, and he was already on like leading the league in carries. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm gonna hit you both with something here, and it's going to sound very radio hot take. It's really not meant to be because I want to make this clear. I love Brian Dable. I love the coaching staff. I don't know how you can, but clearly we all fell in love very quickly, and I personally think now a couple weeks in a row we're starting to see. Some cracks a little bit that maybe should have been expected for a rookie, inexperienced head coach. And to with that, you know, even an offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka. Now, if you guys think I'm crazy, be with me. Let's have a conversation here. Last week, and this is not second-guessing, and I've listened to you guys, obviously, on Talking Giants, so I know you guys have felt the same way as me. Putting a Dory Jackson in a position to return punts... <laughs> When you could have Darnay Holmes back there fair catching, made no sense. And clearly a Dory Jackson now missing this game. You're talking about a decision that could affect the Giants in games by losing a Dory. Then you get into a situation in-game tonight. So right away, I think that's a bad coaching move. Tonight, that fourth and two call. All right? I don't mind going for it. I get the aggression, and I get what Dable said post-game about it. But here's what bothered me the most. Why did it take so long either to both make that decision and then get the play call in then you only have 10 guys on the field as well. Then Jones feels like he's rushing. And look, Jones has to make a better throw there. Ultimately, I still think this is on Jones more than anybody. I agree with you. But although the way Saquon's been catching the ball, I don't even know that a perfect throw Saquon catches it. But it felt like coaching totally screwed him there. Screwed him last week with the Jackson decision. And oh, by the way, how is it week 12? How many illegal formation calls, guys, down the field? It's like the same penalties. Did they not work on this in practice as well? So am I nuts or does it feel like coaching is at least starting to show its warts or at least inexperience here from this staff by guys not named Wink Martindale right now. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, yeah, I got bothered. Obviously, not every. Obviously, every coach is going to have issues and not going to be perfect. And there's things like I like I I think Justin likes the fourth down decision. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Um, but the thing where you can just be like, that's insane was the Adore Jackson thing. Cause that's not hindsight being like everybody knew going into that. Like that is a reckless decision where the reward doesn't meet the risk even by a mile. You know, Adore Jackson is essentially your most important player on defense. 
He has an injury history issue. And, yeah, was he a great punt returner at USC? Yeah, but he had fumbling issues with the Titans. So it's, it was that was insane. Today, um, with Dable, like, yeah, the penalties and stuff, a lot of times I put that more on players. But like you said, you got to get, like, you know, beat that stuff down in practice. You got to adjust, yeah. Um, yeah. The fourth down. The Really, the, the only big coaching thing that bothers me in this game was Mike Kafka. At the end of the, you can, you know, we can second guess Placo. They get the ball back with nine minutes left down 15 and they just start running the ball. So they waste, they get six, they get six plays. It takes them three minutes off the clock. So there's less than six minutes left down two scores and they're only at the 48 yard line at that point. Um, so that was. Again, there's always things you can second guess. That was my big, like, my big great, negative. Bobby, it was a great time to establish the run there. Great time to establish. <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah, the funny thing is, is they finally started, you know, they started handing the ball to Gary Brightwell and Matt Breida, too. Unreal. Justin, where do you Sean, stand with Dable and the staff now? Yeah, Sean, there's one thing that I really want to bring up, and I, I have finally, like, said this to myself today, said it on the show, and I think this is a pill that Giants fans have to swallow, even though we know it and we haven't seen it yet. This is not going to be a team, and this is not going to be an offense this year in 2022 that is going to throw the ball well, and throwing the ball is going to be the sole reason why they win a game. I mean, it's just not. I mean, and whether it's because of the wide receivers, whether it's because of the offensive line, or whether the coaching, the offensive coaches, Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, whether they're scheming around any of those three things, I think offensive line and wide receivers may take the majority of kind of the, the blame as to maybe why we can't really see a conventional drop-back passing offense. But at the same time, we don't know how they feel about Daniel Jones. They didn't pick right. up his fifth-year option. So, you know, while I think Daniel Jones has had a solid year, we are not going to see, we have not and we are not going to see an offense that is going to let Daniel Jones be the sole reason or be the main reason why the Giants are going to win a game, especially if the running game is not there. They Remember over the summer, I mean, I think you kind of have to be a really nitty-gritty Giants fan to really follow the ins and outs of the team over the summer. But Darius Slayton is this team's wide receiver one. The Giants were trying to trade yeah. Darius Slayton over the summer. They did not want Darius Slayton on the main 53. And we were guys that were advocating for him to be on the main 53 because Kadarius Tony has injury problems. Sterling Shepard has injury problems. Kenny Galladay had injury problems and is unreliable. So they have a guy who's wide receiver one on their roster right now who over the summer, they didn't even really want them, want him on the 53 man roster. So this Half happy coaching staff yeah. that came from the Bills and the Chiefs, they cannot throw the ball and they don't trust to throw the ball. Why? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, I think you saw two instances with Slayton down the field where Jones obviously can make the plays down the field, but I agree with you. I mean, Slayton is a good player, but he's essentially like the equivalent of having McKenzie on the Bills, where you're shocked when he's getting the balls that Diggs and Davis aren't. So that's, you know, where the Giants are at. They don't have a CeeDee Lamb, they don't have an AJ Brown. It changes everything. Okay, now. Let's talk real quickly because the injuries are obviously such a huge part of this and how the Giants have ended up now with these two straight losses. This really, this bad mojo, and they've had them all year, Ojolari they need back. The Xavier McKinney ATV has led now to a Dory Jackson, obviously Bellinger with the eye, Evan Neal. I mean, Bobby, you've watched all this tape, and Justin, you've crunched all this numbers. I guess we'll start with Bobby here. They're all important, and clearly all of these guys are guys the Giants are going to need back to get to the stretch and win 10 games and get there and get to the playoffs. Who is the most important player 
we've already done a Dory Jackson, so let's say, except besides a Dory Jackson, that this giant team needs back and needs back in a hurry to start winning games again. Ooh, that's tough. So Dory, like you said, is the clear one because he's the one guy. Who's like he just takes right. away a guy from the other team. And yeah, I mean, with Darnay to... Holmes is having to cover CD Lamb all game today, I think we can all agree how important a Dory Jackson is today. But yeah, yeah. So let's see. Um, boy, offensive line. No, I think is it crazy to say Daniel Bellinger because he's your only two way tight end on the well, roster. I, you actually, know, that have... that was going to be my answer. Yes, it's not crazy to have... say that. You got Cager and and Hudson who can't block, but they can receive. And then Myrick, who's not going to be much of a receiving threat, but can block. But even then, he wasn't as good as a blocker. Well, and Bobby, Bell- and Bobby, who's to say now they can't come out and run interesting sets with both Cager and Bellinger on the field at the same time as pass catchers, too? I mean, they were trusting yeah. Bellinger enough even in that Packer game to maybe have him throw a pass near the end zone he had picked up so much. Yeah, and so, but without Bellinger, you can't run, like, one tight end sets where you're, you know, a run and pass threat. And then when you can't, like, even if they, like, they ran, they did a lot of two tight end stuff. Well, guess what? Now, when you do two tight end stuff, you're guaranteed of a bad blocker on the field, where before you could use Bellinger and Myrick, and you could motion both those guys into fullback roles. You can't fullback, you can't motion Lawrence Cage or Tanner Hudson into a fullback role. Um, so I, I guess it's crazy enough, it's our fourth round rookie tight end in Daniel Bellinger. Justin, where do you stand on it? Yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be quick, Sean. I mean, I think, uh, Xavier McKinney, for me, on the defensive side. You can make an argument for Aziz Ojolari, but the pass rush, especially... Uh, oh, Aziz is a big one. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah uh, but I, I think overall, you could maybe say Aziz, but for this game against the Cowboys today, I mean, having Xavier McKinney changes a lot of things. I mean, look at how Dalton Schultz was kind of able to eat in the second half after you had Gallup looking yeah. like Calvin Johnson, prime Calvin Johnson in the first half. And, and he, poor Pinnock is now posterized in Dallas with the stupid Ferguson hurdle. My goodness, it's the first <laughs> yeah, hurdle ever. Athletic Jake Ferguson. Like, our, our knock on him in the draft is unathletic. Just jumped over <laughs> Jason Pinnock. Of course, of course, because that's just, that's just the Giants' luck. But having Xavier McKinney today would have been huge. I mean, on, on, that, you know, pass, uh, on that passing touchdown, the, the first one that Adult Schultz had, I mean, it was Nick McLeod one on one, and I think Wink Martindale was kind of was kind of playing off. He was kind of you know putting a lot of guys back in coverage, but you know it just kind of comes down to Jimmy's and jokes. And you know Nick McLeod up against Dalton Schultz. You know what can you really expect Nick Nick McLeod to do? But if Xavier McKinney's out there, you know maybe his main responsibility is covering Dalton Schultz. We've seen Xavier McKinney whenever there's an offensive weapon that isn't a wide receiver. We've seen Xavier McKinney by kind of being man-to-man matched up against them. So Xavier McKinney would have made a huge um, difference, especially in this game against Dallas, where you know there's only so much you have to worry about if you have a tight end, if you're covering Pollard out of the backfield. You know They could have really used them in certain matchup situations today. Yeah, and by the way, Justin, I know this is perfect timing to have you on specifically because as I'm talking to you, a nice big Marcus Golden highlight in a Hard Knocks ad just popped up across my screen oh, wow. in front of me. What are the odds of that? That's your boy. Uh, all right, guys, listen, Talking Giants is available everywhere. Podcasts are downloadable. It's part of John Boy Media. It's great. Why don't you guys tell us exactly where you guys uh, you know, can find you guys, Twitter, everything. Plus, you guys have something pretty big and fun planned Sunday before the Commanders game as well, don't we? Yeah, someday before the Commanders game, 8 a.m. we'll be out there doing a tailgate, uh, L16 on the curb. Free food, uh, come on out. You better be out there, Sean. I'm coming, uh, guys. I'll be there. I'm going to see you guys finally. Uh, okay, so come out and see Sean. Um, yeah, talk, you know, talking without the G, uh, talking Giants on the podcast, YouTube, all that good stuff. We do film analysis. Um, and then the show. And then, uh, 
You can follow uh, me at Bobby Skinner underscore. I'll let Justin do himself, and you can also follow Smoking Woody. <laughs> yeah, follow, follow Smoking Woody. I, I, I'm uh, at Justin Penick. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for having us having us on. Um, if you enjoy what we do, if you if you enjoy kind of kind of what we had to say, we would love you. Um, you know, would love you to check out the podcast, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. So, Sean, thank you again for having us on. Boys, always a pleasure. Hopefully, we talk after a better time soon. Take care, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Bobby Skinner, Justin Panic, the Talking Giants. Guys, I love those guys. Look, obviously, I do WFAN's Giants coverage, their podcast with Paul Dettino, uh, One Giant Step. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, a lot of the reason I was motivated to really up the Giants coverage game here uh, with my work on the fan was I was, became a big fan of these guys. I mean, they've worked their ass off, both Justin and Bobby. Uh, and it's just refreshing. You know, the fan, the fanalist kind of stuff, they've done an excellent job really building themselves from the ground up. And uh, look, we need more guys like this, right? If you're a Giants fan like me, a Giants fan like them, you know, guys who really get in and, and you know, get the nitty-gritty and give us the info that, you know, maybe we're missing at first glance. And those guys do an excellent, excellent job. Although Bobby had... I guess a joke of a Thanksgiving dinner, the most mediocre spaghetti and corn on the cob you'd ever see. But Texas toast is solid as well. Saw that on Twitter. All right, Suss is with me on the other side. We still have plenty more to get into. Jet fans, we'll include you as well. The Mike White era restarts this weekend. We'll talk about that. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to avoid doing Aaron Judge and the Yankees as long as possible. But if we have to get there, we have to get there. I'm not going to ignore your calls on that at 877-337-6666. Are you starting to see some cracks in the Brian Dable slash Mike Kafka offense slash coaching? All of that. Are, are we nuts as we start to overanalyze this? Do we crown these guys too early as coaches? At Mraz CBS, where you can find me in 877-337-6666. More when we come back on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.